You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. This week, Sarah talks with Matt Cameron. Welcome to Sarah Hagen Backstage. My guest today, Matt Cameron, is not only the drummer in two of the most iconic bands, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, but he is just an incredible drummer in his own right and has multiple projects happening. I cannot wait to catch up with Matt about what he's been up to, all of these current projects, and what he has planned for the future. So come along with me as I catch up with Matt Cameron. Matt Cameron, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Sarah. How you doing? Thanks I'm for having doing, me. Great. Thank you so much for being here. How oh, are you my, doing? My pleasure. Well, I'm doing good. You know, I, I'm uh, just you know plugging along as as usual. Um, but yeah, everything's everything seems to be uh, you know go, getting back to normal, and that's and that's all that matters. Yes, I agree with you. And and speaking of that, um, this past year, you know, I've been. Um, been talking a lot on these podcasts about how the quarantine has been for everyone and right. you know how everyone's made it through. Um, yeah. I've been keeping up with you, of course, on social media and all of okay. that. And you have been doing so many things through quarantine, which I just love, like keeping really busy. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've certainly been trying to. Um, I've been, uh, you know, it's like when it first started, uh, I had... To, to, no, 2020 was booked. Uh, Pearl Jam had a tour booked. Um, we were rehearsing, uh, you know, uh, February, January, February. And um, and then, you know, we had to just kind of uh, pull the plug on everything. Um, so uh, once that happened, you know, it just, just the shock of everything sort of, you know, settled in for for my family and myself and everything. But, uh, but like, you know, I, I kind of had a daily routine that I stuck to. And a lot of that was, um, writing music and just practicing and, um, things like that. So, uh, that led to, you know, some remote recording projects and some collaborations with people. Uh, so, you know, I think musicians in this day and age are able to, you know, still connect, through all, all the awesome technology that we have. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I did, I did stay fairly busy, which was, which was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's been a theme of the past year has been, you yeah. know, kind of just adjusting and, and yeah. being able to just take some time to maybe do some things, work on some things that you hadn't yeah. had time for before. Right. And that's right. Um, and connect with people. And it's interesting how, of course, we're all, you know, we were quarantined and we were all in our homes and all of that. Yeah. But like the connection was still there, even more right. so for some people, you know, yeah. with a little bit of extra time on our hands. Um, and of course, technology being what it is nowadays. So um, yeah. I think a lot of people took the opportunity to really make those connections that maybe wouldn't have happened. And um, I'm grateful for some of the music that's come out of that, that maybe wouldn't have. Um, and for you, actually, some of the things that I saw you doing the, the collaboration, um, 
with Taylor Hawkins in particular. Yeah. yeah. That was super cool. And oh, thank you. Thank yeah. You. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Um, well, Taylor and I have been, uh, you know, kind of sending demos back and forth to each other for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk on the phone quite a bit. Uh, he's one of my best friends. Um, and I think, we, you know, we we have a lot in common. Um, we, we're both drummers who like to write songs and, uh, you know, sing and all that kind of fun stuff. So um, we had some time on our hands. So we figured we would just, uh, you know, put out a single and, um, and, and continue to write music together. You know, one great thing about Taylor is he writes a ton of music and he, Mm -hmm. and he has a bunch of different little side projects that he's, that he's a part of. So, so luckily he could, you know, he could squeeze me into his schedule. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, let's see, uh, 2019, kind of mid 2019, uh, I was in, I traveled down to LA to work with the Melvins on some material that I was writing. Uh, and then I also worked with Taylor with some of that material. Um, so yeah, we've got like a whole, we, we, we actually wrote a whole bunch of material that, you know, we'll hopefully we'll be able to put out, uh, some more of, but, uh, yeah, I mean Taylor's got a really cool little home studio. Um, so right. yeah, so we got to just you know we just got to hang out and play music together, and uh, you know just it was it was a really good hang. So I, I I hope to do more of it, but I think he's he's gonna be a little busy uh, at you know this year and and next year, much right. like myself. Right, right, exactly. Well, I, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that you you guys had that time to get that project going and. For anyone who's listening, um, we're talking about Nighttime Boogie Association, <laughs> and um, yeah. you can look it up. It's so it, the music is so good. Well, um, thank you. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. So anyone listening, check that out. Look it up, yeah. and um, we'll post a, I'll post a link in the YouTube description as well. So yeah, it's it's kind of you know it's it's a good sort of uh, example of like you know what happens when drummers write songs, like when drummers. Uh, you know, who can play guitar and all yes. the, the basic rock instruments. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, there's that, but that's, mm-hmm. I think we, we try to think of ourselves as, you know, um, you know, musicians first and, mm-hmm. you know, and then we, we like to, you know, incorporate all of the different uh, elements of our, of our, of our style. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was really fun. And I, and I certainly hope to do more of it. And maybe that's why I love it so much because it's like <laughs> we're drummers who write music, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I think there's a lot of us out there, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's hard for us to uh, to like contribute to our bands and have it sort of you know fit the style of the band. Um, mm-hmm. So it's always nice to ha- for us uh, for us to have out- outlets like that. And I've Absolutely. been writing I've been writing songs for. For years, I mean, ever since I was a teenager, I would, you know, I'd write, I've always played guitar and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, luckily, um, I've I've been able to incorporate that into some of the bands I've played in. But it's always nice to do things outside of the of the of the big rock bands as well. For sure. Yeah. And and that's true, too. I mean, um, for anyone who doesn't know, you've contributed music to the bands that you 
play with, you know, right. writing music and being part of that process too. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Oh, um, yeah. And through the years and let's actually go back a little bit. Cause we're talking about singing and we're talking about, um, other instruments when you started your musical journey as a kid, yeah. um, was, were, were drums your first instrument? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, I kind of had a natural ability, I think to play when I was, when I was pretty young. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I was, also interested in you know motocross and surfing and mm -hmm. just kind of doing other things as well that weren't necessarily uh about music or, or drumming but um i you know i, I kind of started like taking lessons my dad got me lessons when i was about nine nine or ten because i was just beating on the couch and i was just you know mm -hmm. beating on pots and pans and everything so he he bought me a little practice pad and got me some lessons and then i kind of just you know, I kind of, I, I didn't really take it seriously until I hit around age 14 or 15 when I started playing in bands and like neighborhood bands and things like that. So I, uh, and then I took lessons again at age 17 with an excellent drum teacher in San Diego named John Santo. And that's kind of where everything sort of um, kind of came into focus for me. It's like I was able to, to make progress with, you know, these different lessons that I was given. Um, so once I felt like I, you know, I, I, I was able to kind of like, um, uh, you know, channel all these, these, uh, these different elements, uh, that that's when it came together to me for, you know, at, at age like 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. And, and I was writing songs at that time and playing guitar, uh, around that, around that time as well. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely been doing it a long time and, yeah. And you, I, I read a story um, once and you'll have to remind me, but you were in like a kiss. <laughs> it was a really are, funny are, story. Are we really right? going to go there? <laughs> it was so good though. The story is so uh, yeah. good, it's, about, it's good about this. Yes. Can you tell it's, us uh, the story? Sure. We, we, we call this a, a skeleton in the closet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I grew up with, all these kids in my neighborhood in San Diego who loved Kiss, we we actually, um, you know, we just we just worshipped them. Uh, so mm -hmm. we started we started a Kiss cover band, and uh, we played my sister's high school talent show. I was in like eighth, seventh, or eighth grade or something, and uh, so yeah, we just started like you know we built all these like plywood sets uh you know like these platforms these rickety old like two by four you know mm -hmm. stage sets and then we made uh we made flash pots out of coffee cans and um light sockets <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was a pretty uh pretty dangerous uh stage right. set that, that we built uh my our our uh my mom made a couple of the the costumes wow um so yeah we were we were fully into it but we were playing kind of you know high school gymnasium gigs by mm -hmm. the time i was like 15 and 16. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah so uh and there's there's some photos floating around i'm gonna try to scrub all those from the internet <laughs> if i can i i doubt i can do that i'll have to have uh, emily help me on that but um right. but yeah uh but you know i think that kind of led to me playing in other cover bands and just you know i i kind of I, 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 I enjoyed the experience of, of playing in front of an audience, but, uh, 
I yeah. love that though. And it's not, it's, it's something I think you should embrace because like, how great is that, that you guys had that level of, you know, creativity to, to make your sets and the lights and, you know, just kind of like yeah. get, get really into it. And I have to, I have to say that I also played a high school uh, talent show when okay. I was in high school um, cover in a cover band and nice. of course, you know, had to cover some um, Pearl Jam and th that, cool. you know, like <laughs> so I don't think there, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't have the elaborate setup though. But, yeah. Um, oh, but, that, that's know, awesome. You, that's yeah. Awesome. You play, you play what you love, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Totally. And, um, yeah. That's, well, that's amazing. I, I, I saw those guys and I saw Kiss in like 77. I think it was my second uh, concert I went to. The first concert I went to was David Bowie uh, Station to Station Tour. Wow. And, and that was that just blew my mind. Um, I got to see like Bowie, Queen, Kiss, uh, just all these like amazing 70s arena rock bands back in the day. Um, so yeah, you know, I think those experiences, um, for me attending those, those iconic, uh, you know, bands mm. and concerts was, uh, was, was made a huge impression on me. I did never think, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be up there someday, but, yeah. uh, it, it made me want to, um, just play music, perform, be in front of an audience, you know, mm -hmm. all, all that mm -hmm. fun stuff. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I one another, another thing I thought was interesting is that, you know, you loved Kiss and, and those bands that you just mentioned, which is fantastic. Yeah. But like, um, you also have like a jazz, a love for jazz, right? And yeah. jazz drummer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, my dad took me to see Buddy Rich when I was about 15 or 16. Wow. Um, and that was mind blowing as well. Uh, he also took me to see Count Basie a couple times. Um, wow. And the uh, the drummer was named Butch Miles, I think his mm -hmm. name was. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I actually, my dad just like, just forced his way backstage after this concert. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I got to just like talk to this, this drummer, um, Butch Miles, just, for, you know, just kind of said hello. And I, and I just, he was really just encouraging. And he asked me if I played and whatnot. But seeing kind of the cream of the crop, um, big bands like that, like like Count Basie, uh, mm -hmm. um, it was just as powerful as seeing David Bowie, you know, as far as like just being a young, impressionable kid. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, I, I grew up with all the FM 70s rock, groups of the time um you know blue oyster cult foreigner uh you know etc mm -hmm. on, on down the line um yeah. and then like I, as soon as when i was around 18 18 or uh, 17 or 18 i heard uh, giant steps by coltrane mm -hmm. and that kind of it, it took me on a different direction um and then I started listening to, you know, Tony Williams and uh, Elvin Jones, Art Blakey, all these incredible drummers. Um, so I, 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 I kind of veered off into like just loving jazz music. You know, I didn't ever uh, think I would, you know, pursue it as a as a performer and a, and a mm -hmm. player. But um, I always kind of had that in my in my DNA. Um, I always like really appreciated just the the purity of the music, um, especially from, you know, the, 
the, the greats, uh, like, you know, Miles Davis and Th- Thelonious Monk. And right. Um, just like, you know, the, the music is just, um, it's almost like this sort of spiritual sort of uh, thing that just hit me really hard when I was young. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I think, I I think, you know, I, I kind of stopped, I I had this weird idea of like, you know, someday I'm going to be a jazz musician. I'm going to be a jazz drummer. Um, And I, and I did try that a little bit when I was, you know, 18, 19, but, uh, but the rock world just pulled me right in. Right. I get it. Happily. Uh, But yeah, I, 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 I I I still love that music to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, what you're touching on is like, whatever the genre of music, the drumming in it, you know, you mentioned all those amazing drummers, whatever genre they're playing for, the yeah. drummers are just incredible. And I yeah. also feel that like, I, I just, I didn't really discover jazz music until I was on uh, like, um, maybe early teens. And, you know, because I also, I grew up with the seventies rock music. You kind of, you know, you hear what your parents play. Um, And so I didn't really discover jazz music until a little bit later um, in drumming. And for me, it was like the same, same feeling, like that same feeling that I had when I heard John Bonham play. Yeah, exactly. That I had hearing Williams, right? Yeah, exactly. That, you know. It's it's that purity. It's like that. (laughs) that purity of sound, the purity of intent, mm-hmm. just the, the artistry um, of the playing. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. Uh, of course, Bonham was a h- huge, huge, uh, just lightning bolt in my life. When I first heard uh, Zeppelin four was the first, was the first one I heard, um, mm-hmm. you know, like one of, one of the neighborhood kids had Zeppelin records and Jimi Hendrix records and uh, yes stuff like that. So, uh, Jethro Tull. So yeah, man, it was the same kind of like, just, yeah, it was, it was the same kind of feeling of, of, of when I heard, you know, John Coltrane mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm just thinking back to my experience as well. And like being in my, my parents' minivan, you know, with like, cassette cassette tapes and and playing Love you know it. Jimi Hendrix and but also uh, when I grew up when I was kind of in my formative time uh, you know w- understanding music yeah and, and kind of like discovering how I would take a path as a musician myself um Pearl Jam Soundgarden this was oh, like nice. the time the, that was like the time of that music. And so right. for me, like that, that music, your music is so important to my path um, wow. as well. So thank you for that. I just have to have to recognize that. Oh, so uh, cool. appreciate, appreciate that. Oh, um, man. I, I, I love, I love hearing that. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, and, and again, you know, being, uh, you know, a small town, kid and um kind of like figuring out what i loved what music i loved that was it was such a a journey and it also was a time period where music was changing like what you heard on the radio was changing and you know it was going from that um the 80s you know kind of um glam rock into the yeah you know grunge phase of of radio music and you guys were such a part of that 
Yeah. Uh, well, you know, um, at that time when, you know, when I first joined Soundgarden in 86, uh, at that time there was a pretty well established underground rock movement. Um, Mm -hmm. there was independent labels, there was college radio, there was, there Mm -hmm. was clubs to play, there were promoters that, and we had nothing to do with the established kind of, uh, you know, major label, uh, you know, machinery that, that, um, that was sort of the, you know, the, the, the industry standard. Right. Um, so, you know, when I first joined those guys, um, our goal, our goals were basically, you know, to stay independent and to, um, to make sure that we had our, uh, had just control of how we, you know, wrote our music, how we recorded it, how we produced it, packaging, mm-hmm. everything. And we mm-hmm. weren't the, we weren't the only band to do that. I mean, there was a huge, there was a huge, um, you know, underground movement of, uh, you know, it was, I guess it's like the, the DIY generation. Like we were all kind of just making it up as we went along, um, playing all these shows, uh, making these records. Um, so I, I felt like there was sort of this groundswell. There was, a, there, there was this youth movement that wasn't really, uh, understood or, or tapped into by the, um, you know, by the established record industry. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, you know, once, you know, once all these bands started to, uh, become recognized, uh, by, you know, and, and get, you know, major label deals and everything. And once we kind of like took over the airwaves and we took over like just this youth culture thing that was happening, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was pretty mind blowing, but you know, but it sort of happened in the, in the eighties, like in the, in the early to mid eighties. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a- another aspect of it all is that, uh, you know, it wasn't just kind of the rock, you know, the alternative rock bands, there was like this incredible, like, you know, like, you know, R and B and rap and hip hop thing that was happening. in then in the late eighties and nineties too, like, you know, we loved NWA. Yes. We love public enemy. Um, and then, you know, uh, there was, there, there were some shows that Soundgarden got to play with, uh, you know, with, with ice T's body count and, Mm-hmm. Um, and we played some shows with like Wu Tang and and uh, all these like just artists that you wouldn't think would you know gel together. But it was it was uh, it was just like we were all sort of like coming up at the same time. And 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 I think the reason that it resonated so um, so much with with this was with the audience was is it because it was it was uh, it was sort of an honest representation of of all of us, of this whole, of this whole movement. Like we were all writing what we, what we felt and what we knew about. There wasn't any, like, you know, there wasn't anyone telling us, Oh, you have to write a song to get on the radio. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like we were just sort of, uh, uh, you know, just trying to be real true to ourselves and sort of making it up as we went along. And like mm-hmm. I was saying before, there was, there was kind of a network set up to where we could actually go to her and we could make records and we mm-hmm. could get on the radio. It just wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, top 40. It wasn't, you know, arenas, right. Et cetera. But we, we were okay with that <laughs> or I was okay right. with that. Right. Um, yeah. you know, the, the, the goals were modest, but, uh, the most important thing was just kind of staying true to the music. And um, so, yeah, it's like, 
Yeah, it, it was a, it was a really interesting time for for music and and kind of youth culture in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that one of the one of the <laughs> there's there's so many good good moments, but uh, I remember we were on Soundgarden was on tour, uh, you know, ninety one, ninety two, and uh, ne- Nevermind eclipsed uh, Michael Jackson on, on top of the charts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, when stuff like that happens organically, it's, uh, it's kind of rare. It's, you know, right. so. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that authenticity that you were portraying, because that, that's what you had, you didn't have, yeah. like you, like you mentioned, you didn't have a, a list of things that you had to write about, or right. that, you know, goals that you had to meet, or the song length had to be this long, like that yeah. wasn't a thing for you. And yeah. that's amazing, because what came out of it is the most authentic music that could have come out of it. And I think right. that resonated with this, you know, the the youth who were looking for something like that, who wanted something different, who wanted something that felt like how they were feeling inside. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, th- so. I think we were all sort of looking for connection back then, um, mm-hmm. you know, pre-internet and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and our scene here in Seattle was really small. It was mm-hmm. really everyone knew each other. Um, we were all kind of supporting each other. Um, but then there was also really, you know, there was also really cool music scenes like, you know, all over the place uh, in, in the States and in Western Europe that we uh, we were able to just kind of plug right into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it seems I've always been, um, attracted to kind of music scenes, like, you know, these, these little clusters of like bands or musicians or artists that kind of come out of this place that you'd never, you'd never envision. Like, like you know, in the, in the, in the, in the early nineties, there was, there was like so many cool bands coming out of like Manchester, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, like the Smiths and yes. Stone Roses and, uh, you know, the Laws, like the Laws are one of my favorite all time bands. And, um, and they were part of this kind of nineties, you know, youth, youth this movement, movement cu- yeah. culture that, that was, that was happening. And, and, uh, like, we didn't really know, we, we weren't really like, we didn't really know each other per se, but, um, but maybe it was just that that you know there was just something that was happening at that time that uh, allowed all these uh, these bands to you know to rise to rise up. Um, but I also think, like I was saying before, there was there was a pretty huge like underground um, you know youth. There, there was like this youth movement going on that that uh, that didn't want to listen to like you know Motley Crue or kind of the mm-hmm. hair metal kind of stuff. You know, like they were looking for something that sort of represented. Um, you know, re- represented something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one, one really cool uh, goal for Soundgarden back in the day is uh, we were really excited to get on the SST label because we loved Black Flag and we loved uh, Dinosaur Jr. and the Meat Puppets and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so uh, when we got on SST, that was like getting on, you know, getting the gold ring for uh, for uh, for record labels. But you know, um, so yeah, and it. and that, and that led to you know the amazing. AM uh uh record company that that we had the pleasure to work with as well so mm-hmm. yeah so it was just like i don't know it just seemed to uh, move move naturally like we didn't try to force force anything that that didn't feel natural you know and i think that's how a lot of the groups were were thinking back then um it, of course it's it's um it's 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 a little different now but uh, I think there's there's still a lot of really amazing, amazing stuff 
coming out now, but it's just, it, it might be a little harder to, uh, to, um, you know, like just, just to get noticed, I guess, just yeah. there's, there, there's so much more music and artists and bands and stuff. Yes. Now, like, like back then it's like, it didn't seem like there, there were as many. So mm-hmm. may, maybe that has something to do with, uh, you know, the technology, like it's so easy and fun to record on your laptop and put it on, uh, put it on, Right. So, social media or put it on, uh, on, um, uh, SoundCloud and all that kind of fun yes. stuff. Yeah. Like, you exactly. Know. That's what I was so. thinking. Like, you know, social media, maybe, maybe there were all that, all there was all this music back then, but it, like social media and SoundCloud cloud and YouTube yeah. um, didn't exist. So right. it was harder to get out there. But, um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, the authentic music that you're talking about and the, that the style of playing where you're just, um, or the style of creating where you're creating from what is inside and yeah. not from what someone else is telling you it, it exists, but I think it's harder to find. Like it's harder to yeah. sort through and like figure out where that is at. Yeah. Well, my kids have been really great um, pointing me down the right, the right path, you know, to hear some really amazing new stuff. That's, that's kind of hits me the same way as like, you know, hearing some, some of the, the bands I mentioned before. Um, mm-hmm. So so luckily I have, I have some help in that, in that department. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely. That's so important, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're speaking of your kids too. your, your son is making music now. He right? is. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of SoundCloud and all that fun stuff, mm-hmm. Bandcamp. Um, yeah. He's got a little, uh, little acoustic uh, thing he's doing and he's a fantastic guitarist. Um, he kind of, he's played uh, jazz, jazz guitar in high school. He was, he was in a really excellent um, high school jazz program here in, in uh, where, where we live in Seattle. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, and he's an engineer, recording engineer. And so he's just plugging himself right into it. And I'm, I'm really proud of him. That's amazing. I really feel like kids nowadays, like they have this, um, um, and like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but an affinity or an ability to kind of pick up things like that. Um, yeah. as far as like the technology behind things goes, it's amazing, you know, it, it yeah. really is. And like, do, they all know how to do everything themselves, Yeah, figure it out and like, you know, make it happen. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of really great, um, music coming up out of, out of young you know, musicians nowadays. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, um there's a, uh, there's just so much, uh, it's like the, yeah, like my, my daughter's really great at, at the technology. My son's really good at it. And, you know, they're, they're starting to learn all this stuff, you know, 17, 18. So, mm-hmm. um, back, you know, back when I was that age, you know, we had friggin' I don't know, we had a cassette deck and, <laughs> yeah, right. um, I mean, one, one of the, right. one of the, one of the pieces of gear that I, that was kind of a game changer for me when I was you know, when I first moved up here and, uh, when I was like in my early twenties was a four track cassette, uh, cassette recorder. I had a FOSS, FOSS X 250. Um, and so that was, uh, that was huge for, for, for me and for, you know, my fellow musicians at the yes. time that had, that had four track cassette, cassette machines. Um, so it's that, amazing, you know, right. Yeah, and and yeah. you think about, I think often about how far technology has come in such yeah. 
a short amount of time and you know how much how much we can all do on our own nowadays that you know like our 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 life hack was you know the pencil and the cassette tape to rewind it so you didn't waste the battery <laughs> <laughs> like, i've done that you know <laughs> right like yeah, my, it was it was a thing my, um, my my son's really into cassettes for some reason oh like i there, love that there's uh there's uh cassette only labels uh like there's this one in portland um so yeah i showed him that hack of like okay if if your you know tape gets wound up inside the cassette you get a pencil or a pen and you just wind it up it's like whoa thanks dad <laughs> my pleasure <laughs> right right he's giving you the new music tips and totally you've totally. got the you know 80s life hacks right there <laughs> um <laughs> and speaking of the new music um you know as far as drummers nowadays i love you know i see that you um, are, you know, friends with some, some of the, the up and coming drummers and drummers who are, um, out there right now making a name for themselves. Um, and the, you know, more established drummers, but like that you're in that drumming community. And I think of Taylor as someone else like that. I, I remember meeting Taylor Hawkins and, um, being surprised by how into the drumming community he was like yeah. knowing everyone and all the gear and all that yeah. stuff. Um, so I see, you know, I saw a picture of you recently, um, collaborating with Mark Juliana. Oh, Mark. And oh my God. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, I heard, uh, I, you know, I grew up a huge Bowie fan and I was yeah. a huge fan of Dennis Davis, his drummer from the seventies that did, uh, you know, um, all of his, you know, uh, post Woody Woodmancy period. Uh, he started, <laughs> I think Dennis Davis started on the, uh, Young Americans album. So right. after I heard like, you know, fame, I was just like, who is this drummer? Mm. Um, so I've always been tuned into Bowie's bands. Uh, I heard Black Star and I think it was what, 2016 when it came out? Uh, I think so. Um, or 15. Um, and I was just like, who's this drummer? Who, yeah. Who's this guy? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I was just like, amazed at, at the uh like the just the drum beat in black star and just the sound of everything and mm. and how it all just was like so beautifully different um and just it but it also sounded like a bowie album uh yeah. so i con i contacted him on facebook i think it was or instagram or something it was you know it was a uh social media cold call yeah. Um, and he got, he got right back to me and we just started chatting and just started shooting the shit. Uh, and then I was working on a solo album at around that time, uh, early, late 16, early 17. Um, and I invited him to play on it. And, uh, and so that was a really fun collaboration that we did together. And, you know, we've just become really good friends uh, over the years. And um, <laughs> there was one, there was one moment where I was hanging out in, in New York. Uh, I think it was during the, uh, it was either a Pearl Jam tour or Temple of the Dog tour. I, I can't remember. But uh, he came over to the hotel I was staying at and he played me Bowie's demos from, he played me the Black Star demo that Bowie did. Wow. The, Bowie, I guess he just like did a, you know, finger tap drum machine part in his bedroom or something. And uh, and so that's the beat that Mark played on, on Black Star. And it was, so it's just like, whoa. That's cool. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice, uh, uh, it was, I was blown away. But yeah, Mark is um, a really f excellent example of uh, kind of that, you know, the, just kind of that new, 
generation of drummers that has like just incredible taste and incredible skills and can play mm -hmm. friggin' anything. He just did mm -hmm. a really cool performance with St. Vincent on, uh, on Saturday night live, you know, cause yes. Mark, Mark, Mark can play like whatever the hell he wants to play. Yeah. Um, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I saw that you had a uh, Alon Rubin on, on as well. And he's another incredible, like, you know, guy yeah. that's, that's able to like do all the technology, like he, he, he gets, he gets all the technology stuff like, mm -hmm. and, um, but he's also able to like, you know, translate that in just into the acoustic set as well. So there's, there's, uh, there's just all these really interesting, there's a, you know, like, I think this generation of drummers is like, you know, just like the chops are incredible and the musicality is incredible. Mm. And in, in a lot of cases, like, they're, you know, like they're really excellent musicians too. Like, like the, like the two guys I, I just mentioned. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, you know, like there's, there's always so much to learn as a musician and it's really cool to uh, just to see a lot of these young players. Um, for me, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, just thinking about that whole like electronic sound and making it acoustic. I think that's a really interesting observation on kind of like where music has, has come from and gone and yeah. arrived at because, you know, growing up listening to seventies music, you know, acoustic music recorded to tape um, and kind of recreating that and, and feeling that, I think there's a whole generation of musicians who grew up with a lot more electronics, obviously, yeah, for sure. in the music, right? And for now sure. they're recreating those electronic sounds acoustically, also yeah. using some electronics. But to me, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Tame and Paul is a really good example of, uh, you know, that, that type of thing where, you know, like there's definitely like an acoustic drum part going on, but it's triggering all these fucking amazing mm. sounds, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting cross section right now, um, of the technology, like going full speed. And, you know, a lot of these, these uh, musicians are able to tap into it and make it still have it be like emotive. You know, I think that's mm -hmm. the hard thing with, with electronics is, um, is making sure that there's the, the human element is still a part of it because I think that's right. what, that's what listeners react to the most, I think is just, you know, um, right. you know, like right. hearing, hearing, you know, like Bob Dylan's voice or, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix's guitar or, you know, um, Led Zeppelin playing in a, in a room together. That's still, mm -hmm. that's still, for me, it's the pinnacle of, you know, that, you know, musical expression, but mm -hmm. it's really fun to use all the, all the tools that are out right now. I've got, uh, right. I use, I use Ableton live, and, you know, it, it, it takes me a while because, you know, I'm an old guy and everything, but, um, um, I've been, I've been using software for, for a long time now. And, uh, I, I, I think I'm getting better at it and it's really fun to, you know, to make those, to make those leaps in, uh, in, uh, it, with the technology that's, that's out there right now, but. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, I think, I think there's, um, there's a warmth almost like when yeah. I think about, I think about those musicians you just mentioned and playing in a room together and that sound and that acoustic feel like there's yeah. a warmth. And I think, you know, what you were saying about using electronics, but keeping that, that emotion and that warmth in it, I think is, is really important. Yeah. And um, it's, it's kind of hard to do. I mean, mm -hmm. but when it's done right, 
it's it's it's, it's just magic, as, right? <laughs> it's just it's just as as incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree, absolutely. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about. I know we've kind of um, talked a lot about other musicians, but let's talk about you for a minute because oh, do we have to? I, we <laughs> we have to talk a little bit. We have to devote okay. a little time to Matt Cameron. So okay. I, I'm, um, I'm such a bad self promoter, but I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll do, do my it best for you. Thank I got you. this. Um, but, but besides being in, um, incredible, you know, iconic bands, um, you personally as a drummer have, have been, um, you know, really featured out there in the drumming world. And I just want to recognize that because it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, you, you are part of these bands that have this, this name to them, but as an individual, you're just such a fantastic player. So, um, you know, and you were included, absolutely. You were included in the, um, was it the Rolling Stone, like hundred list of top drummers or something like that? I think it was. Sure. Why not? Something like that. And I, one of those lists, (laughs) you were in a list, but I do, I do remember seeing that and just being like, yes, like, you know, I, I always look at those lists with, um, like my own critical eye <laughs> as do i there's yeah. there's there's so many lists out there but yeah right, i think right. there was one it was like uh, a hundred the hundred rock drummers or something like that and uh they, they got a i think I, I i did look at it i, I must admit um yeah, you have to, yes uh but there was like uh there were some drummers that were included that i really love like uh artiki fullwood from uh from funkadelic it's like thank you nice. for thank you for for mentioning him because he's one of my all-time favorites Absolutely. But, uh, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, what, I mean, I, I, I just love the fact that the records that I've been a part of have made an impact on other people's lives. It's like, I think for me, like music has always been a continuum. Like, um, the records that I grew up listening to, like, you know, Hendrix and Zeppelin and, mm. uh, and then like, you know, some of the punk, you know, Ramones and Dinosaur Jr. and stuff like that. It's like, they've um, been an influence for me. And I directed that into the music that I was making at the time. So um, I never envisioned that like, um, it would circle back to me with a younger generation. But I think mm. for me, like, that's, that's something I, I I really feel great about, you know, like when I talk, when I meet younger drummers and they say, Oh man, you did this fill on mind riot that <laughs> I charted out and look at this. I charted it out and look, check it out. And I was like, huh, what you did? What? So, um, I love that, you know, uh, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's money in the bank for me. For sure. Like how, yeah. you know, it doesn't get any better than that. I don't it does think not no get any better. I mean, you know, I've, I've had the chance to meet some of my heroes and I actually ha- have been able to work with some of them on some music. And, uh, you know, once I got past the initial shock of like, you know, being in a room with, you know, Tony Iommi or, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Frampton, um, you know, or, I mean, I've, even even Jimmy Page, it's just like, uh, you, you know. What I guess my takeaway once I once once I get get past get past all the the gushing, is that <laughs> you know we're 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 fellow musicians. It's like we speak a language that um, mm. that is universal, and and a lot of people, um, you know, love music, and 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 it and it hits this weird emotional spot 
the same way that like looking at, you know, um, you know, looking at a beautiful painting or something like that. It's like just to be a part of that, 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 um, that language is, is, is an honor for me, for sure. That's, it's amazing. Um, and I, I totally understand what you're talking about. And I think it's, it's really, um, you know, the, the language of music, it's, it's really almost a physical thing too. Totally. I mean, I can just, totally. the, right. You know, the Ugh. feeling of hearing music that just touches you. Um, yeah. you know, uh, you can get emotional about oh, music. It can bring God. you back to moments in your life where, totally. you know, you feel, tr you know, trans transformed back to a child, the feeling that you got. Yeah. Um, I listen to music a lot while I'm doing other things. And then, you know, I, I just had this experience of painting a room, listening to music. And every time I, I like go into that room, the music is there, you know, <laughs> cool. and it's cool. just, it just is, it's, it is an amazing thing. And I think for musicians, um, I've had the same experience meeting someone, I mean, yeah. meeting, meeting you, Matt, even, but, you know, meeting fellow musicians where you yeah. immediately are like, okay, we're, to, you know, we're, we're, there's a language there. Like yeah. you said, there's something yeah. there. Um, that's a connection that is Absolutely. pretty incredible. Absolutely. Um, and yep. I, and you know that like, you know, meeting your heroes, your music, musical heroes, um, they are just as grateful to hear that from you as you are to hear that kind of thing from the young musician. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, I, you know, I, I always kind of make that, uh, make that really clear when I do meet, meet some of these people, you know, mm -hmm. that have been a huge influence on me. Um, mm -hmm. and so once, once we get past that and we just start, when we start talking shop, it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, anyone else, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, you're right though. There is sort of this, like this sort of like gut physical thing that happens when, you know, a certain piece of music is important to you as a listener and it, um, uh, and, and like, and, and, and it brings back these, like, just, just visceral memories of, you know, when you first heard it, like I was cleaning up the kitchen this morning and I have on the local, uh, we have a really great, uh, radio station, KEXP here in Seattle. It used to be KCMU. It was the, the college radio station from the university of Washington. And Kim Thiel was actually a DJ on that, on oh, that wow. station, as was Mark Arm. Uh, anyways, that's a little sidebar, but, uh, uh, on a plane came on, like, you know, Nirvana's on a plane came on. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I just stopped everything and I turned it up and it was just like, I remember the first time I heard that song, you know, it's just, so it's just like, yeah, just what you're describing is, is, uh, is so true. And I just, I just had to stop everything and just go, Oh my God. I just had to take it in. It's like, what this, <laughs> it just yeah. gets better and better with age, you know? Yeah. So, yes. All that music is so timeless. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I know, and I love that about music, being able to just have those memories associated. You know, and yeah. Like you mentioned, your first concerts that you oh. went to, and that feeling of being in a group of people who had a similar, um, like affinity for something. It's just, it's like nothing else. I can't wait to get back to that. Yeah. Oh, well, I remember back in those days in the seventies, like people would would uh bring firecrackers and M80s in, into the crowd. So like <laughs> I, that that's a big memory for me too. It's like all these explosions going off around me. It's oh my like, goodness. Oh my God, is this, is this a, is this a war zone? It's like, I just <laughs> had to kind of focus. 
<laughs> Dennis Davis. That's incredible. I, yeah. I I hadn't heard of that before. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think it could happen nowadays, but no, you no know. those days are gone. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's, that's, that's a little distracting. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you were up to right now. Like I mentioned okay. earlier, you have, you have had all of these projects that are happening, you know, have happened um, yeah. throughout the quarantine that you've yeah. had time to work on, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, getting back out there, what are what are you up to? What are you releasing? I know you have a bunch of things to talk about. Well, um, the 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 main thing right now is uh, there's there's some Pearl Jam shows coming up in at the end of September. Uh, and so we're really excited to just kind of start rehearsing. I mean, I am. I, I definitely want to rehearse as much as possible. <laughs> I, I feel, I'm definitely a little rusty. It's like <laughs> I've been, you know, working in my home studio and I, you know, write music and record demos and practice mm-hmm. and everything. But it's different. It's a different sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, muscle memory to get out there in front of a big crowd and, and play and everything. So, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm starting to you know, I'm starting to kind of get, get back on the treadmill and just kind of get my physical, um, uh, stamina back where it needs to be. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I got, a, I got a little flabby and the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the COVID 20, 10, or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, the, the 20 pounds or the 10 pounds, whatever. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it, it also feels like, you know, like everyone's making, um, you know, like improvements and, and everyone's sort of like ready to just kind of start again, but mm-hmm. you know, we have to be really careful and, uh, the promoters are, are, you know, trying to figure out all that stuff out right now, like how it's going to work for indoor concerts. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but we have some outdoor concerts and, um, you know, I'm, I'm still a little, like, I haven't really been on a plane yet or been in a hotel or anything like that. So it's like, I think like, mentally i'm still like just feeling a little hesitant to some degree and i think that's just part of like you know i'm kind of a homebody and you know i i I love just just being at home and with my family and friends and stuff Mm -hmm. um but there was also this other element of like you know if you if you step outside you're going to get covid so it it took it took me a little while to kind of get out of that uh, out of that headspace and and i and i think i'm out of it now which is which is really good Mm -hmm. um and i I know i'm not alone in in that kind of like you know feeling like oh how how do i how do i hang out with people at a party or (laughs) right how do i be around people right so Um, i mean i i i i tended to kind of i i can definitely go inward in in that in that sense but Mm -hmm. um but I'm really excited just to kind of just to move forward, just to take some steps and just kind of, you know, take some positive steps forward. And I think these shows are going to be really, really interesting. I'm really, I'm really curious to see what the reaction is going to be. You know, I mean, it's only been a yeah. year. It, do- it doesn't seem like it's really been that long in all honesty, but I know people have been sort of working up in their minds, like what it's going to be like, like, you know, mm-hmm. what, what's it, what is it going to feel like to, attend a, a concert, go to a restaurant, go to a party, etc. Et so, mm-hmm. um, so I, but I, I think it'll, I think it'll be, it'll be great no matter what. Right. As soon as the music starts, I yeah, think right? the, yeah. the tension will fall away. That's right. That's it'll right. be okay. And then, yeah. and then, you know, everyone's there together. I agree with yeah. you a hundred percent. Um, you know, months and months ago, it was hard to imagine ever being like, 
in a venue squished, you know, and, and sweating on each other, like yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. I just couldn't ever imagine it happening again. And, that, is, and that isn't was, that weird. Yes. That, that, and that's, that's a weird mindset to get into. Right. Well, I, I think we were all, we were all in that for so long that we, we felt like, oh, okay, maybe this is how it's going to be right. after a while. Right. It, exactly. it was just, it was just so, uh, um, everyone just felt so disconnected and like everything felt so disorganized with Trump and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, Oh my God, is this, huh? <laughs> what? Yes, where are we going like, where right are now? we? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're definitely past that. Yes, I agree. I think, you know, it, it, it will be a little bit of a mindset switch, I think to get yeah. back on planes and yeah. back around people. And yeah, um, I also, I don't have any plans to travel until, um, August, but I was just thinking okay. about it today, you know, okay. getting, getting on a plane in August and how that will be. Um, and you know, traveling again for work, staying yeah. in hotels, um, yeah. thinking we, about we, like the NAM show, you know, totally. even. Yeah, so, we, we, we travel. I mean, our, our job is about getting out there and, right. and, uh, you know. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but, uh, it seems like every day, every week it's getting more figured out. So mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Absolutely. Okay. So that, so that's Pearl Jam and you'll have yeah. some shows and yeah. Um, uh, you know, but I've, I've definitely been writing a ton of music and, um, uh, um, I, I you know, it's like, I, I'm trying to figure out like what to do with everything I've been mm-hmm. writing, but it's, it's just been really fun just to kind of. I, I, I tried to use my time. Um, I, I really tried to, you know, use my time to just kind of focus in on, on kind of what I wanted to do, uh, you know, mu- musically and, mm-hmm. and just keep making sure my, my chops were, were still good. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a different sort of like, you know, muscle memory to get out there and, and perform. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, but, you know, I've been like uh, the surviving Soundgarden guys we're we're gonna um do some music together and we we've been kind of like sending demos back and forth and things like that so i'm really excited to do a record with those guys yeah um you know hopefully more more taylor stuff um and just you know uh, there's there's been a really cool project i did with uh joe wong he's this um he he has a um a podcast called the trap set yes and he's a uh he's a um he he's also a uh, uh, he does soundtracks and scores for various uh, Netflix and you know all you know all the different streaming mm-hmm. um, services right now they they they're just like they're they're dying for like people to 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 do scores and everything so I'm I'm gonna I would love to do some of that stuff as well yeah. uh, but um, he's got a cool little band called Night Creatures and we're gonna try to do some do some gigs together uh, so yeah so you know there, there's all kinds of fun stuff to do. Things are happening, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's the good part. And, you know, you just, you mentioned getting back on the treadmill. We had a conversation years back about um, running. Are you still a- an active runner? Is that, you know, uh, you mentioned yeah. surfing and motocross, but. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You know what? I, I, uh, I'm getting back into it. I, I definitely like took some time off because I would, I, I would go to a gym here locally and, you know, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I just, I'm start, I'm, I'm getting back on the treadmill, mm-hmm. Sarah. I'm doing yes. it. I'm doing I- it. <laughs> Me too, my friend. Yeah. We, we all, we all have to do that, right? Like yes. there's, there, there's no stopping it. 
I mean, no, no, you know, I, 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 I feel best when I'm, you know, when I'm physically fit, I think it helps my mental state. It helps everything. So, um, absolutely. so yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm making some good progress in that, in that department That's for an old guy. Oh, come on now. <laughs> you could beat me in a race any day. I'm positive. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Matt, oh, for coming you, on. Yeah, it's been it's an absolute, oh my gosh, for me as well, just getting, getting a chance to catch up with you and hear what yeah. you want to, yeah. um, and hear some really great stories. Thank you for sharing with us <laughs> today. Right. Thank you for um, having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And we will for sure catch up soon. I will see okay. you on the road somewhere. Yes, you um, will. But for now, thank you and take care. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.